This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that has been wrongly disallowed by VAR. Uh, today, we have Nicholas John. Hello, hello. He's the VAR official with a 90% inaccuracy record. Also, we have Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? VAR, disallow his goals at your own risk. Today, uh, we're going to start with Manchester United versus Arsenal. Uh, United beat the Gunners 3-1 in the Premier League thanks to new signing Anthony. As well as the- <laughs> <laughs> Russell Peters joke there for you. Uh, as well as a brace from Marcus Rashford. So, four wins in a row for United now. Now, arguably, the past three wins were against easy opposition. There was uh, Leicester, Southampton and <clears throat> Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> but to win against the leaders and end their 100% run, United are... It seems like United are looking like the real deal here. I think it's a bit too far to say that they are the real deal, but but uh, they are making great progress under Ten Hag right now. Um, I think the, the 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 best thing for United right now is at least they look they look like as a unit right now. The defensive, they are defending well. the The defense looks solid. They know what they're doing. Um, in that match, I thought Gabriel Jesus gave uh, the United defense a good run for their money and. Somehow, some way, they managed to uh, Martinez and Varane managed to keep Jesus from scoring. So, at least they got that right uh, for the last three or four games. And it could be also possibly that because Harry Maguire is not playing, right? <laughs> so, uh, but things are looking very, very good for United. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, they can make a, a, a run of their own right now. Yeah, I, I'm also. Cautiously optimistic. I, I wouldn't say title run lah. That that that's still a bit too early days. But I, I think you know a top four finish is is a possibility. You know, slight possibility there because yeah, four wins in a row is an impressive run. Uh, but again, I, I'm cautious about it because you you need to remember that United uh, is a is a team that is still in this this sort of transitionary period. You know, with the new manager and the new players. But like Karam said, you know, they're showing all the right uh, signs. So far, uh, I especially liked how number one how they responded after uh, Arsenal scored. You know, the old United would have lost confidence. They'll be a bit, you know, like running around like headless chickens a, a bit after conceding a goal. But this new team not only kept their wits about them, but I think they actually got better. You know, after conceding and then went on to score the two goals. And the second thing that I liked uh, about this particular match was how well Anthony has been settling into the team. You know. For his first match, to, to not only score but to show off his his you know trademark tricks and his flicks and his back heels and all that, uh, it, it shows a player who is oozing confidence. And I think it has to do with the fact that he already knows Eric Ten Hag from from their time at Ajax. You know, so the manager probably told him, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Just go out there, uh, be yourself. You know, do what you need to do and all that." But yeah, mm-hmm. overall, very good signs coming out of Old Trafford at the moment. Okay, uh, what will it take for you guys to? be 100% behind Ten Hag <laughs> uh, if he turns Harry Maguire into a great defender? No, no, no. He's a magician. <laughs> if he can do that, he's a magician. <laughs> okay, this is what will... 
this is what get me 100% behind Ten Hag, okay? Um, uh, for the match against Liverpool and Arsenal, uh, United were basically just absorbing pressure, absorbing all the attacks, and then try to catch the, the opponents on the counter-attack. So, the next big thing that I think Ten Hag needs to do is to help United play possession game, to dominate a match. When they dominate a match, it's they, they tend to find... It's very difficult for them to get a goal when they're dominating a match. So I think that's the next task for Ten Hag uh, to help the team dominate a game and scoring at the same time. So once Ten Hag could find a way to do that and not just rely on the counter-attack, I'll be all in behind Ten Hag and I'll be all in again for United. Yeah, because that will be closer to what you know, United used to be back in the, the, the glory days, right? Dominate yeah. and you know, attack, attack, attack and all that, yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners weren't even born yet. <laughs> uh, okay, now, how will uh, Arsenal's defeat affect the campaign moving forward? Uh, boss Mikel Arteta played down any concerns about that, but surely, guys, uh, this is definitely going to be something that will keep on playing in their heads for quite some time. I actually still expect them to be, if, if not title contenders, then definitely you know, top four contenders. They've shown in the past five games that they've got enough going on about them as a team, as a unit, you know, to keep that that momentum going. Um, the thing is, games like this, you know, against big teams like, wow, United, big team, eh? uh, <laughs> games like, like this are always going to be 50-50, you know. So losing at Old Trafford, I don't think, is as big a setback as some people are calling it, you know. Um, but, but I think the key to their season is how they bounce back from this, you know, you mentioned how this may be playing on their minds and all that. I, I think that's exactly what they don't want to happen because they already have this reputation for for bottling it at the last minute, so to speak. So if they can regroup and come back stronger and 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 win all these these winnable matches, you know, the matches against smaller opposition or, or sort of like lower opposition, if they can continue winning these games, then I think they can still potentially have a good season. Yeah, I agree with Nick because I did. Arsenal played very, very well at Old Trafford the other day. So it wasn't like they put on a bad performance and got thrashed at the at Old Trafford. It, they played well. They maintained their their game plan. It's just that I think it's their naivety because they're such a young team right now. Um, when they were down again to one, they were trying to get a goal, the equaliser quicker. So the defensive line was a bit higher than usual. So then Rashford, as a speed machine that we know he is, used that to his advantage to beat the defensive line. So I just hope that uh, I don't think their heads will be that down. Um, I think they'll still they'll still pull off another great winning run. I think and. Like I agree with Nick again that they are still the one of the title contenders and easily top four for the season. Meanwhile, Liverpool's brief comeback came to an end when they only managed the goalless draw against Everton. Uh, last week, Haram, we predicted an easy win for <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, and I'm still wiping egg from my face. <laughs> I think Klopp sent the wrong the wrong message to his players. I think he just said, Gultiang, Gultiang. So... <laughs> 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 I I mean Liverpool what hit the crossbar for like what four or five times in that match, so it was it was unlucky for Liverpool. Um, but but don't take anything away from Everton. They played well. They showed heart. They showed courage. Um, I think it's a well deserved point for Everton. Uh, Pickford played one of his best matches for quite some time. Without time wasting. <laughs> Without time wasting. <laughs> 
it's just it's just a it's just a bump, I think, for Liverpool. Uh, they'll they'll be back. I think Liverpool will be back. Um, yeah, they, they will be back. But you see, the problem is, I okay, they, they, we're only what six games in, so I don't want to say time is running out, but. Uh, if they want to be title contenders, they can't afford to be dropping points like this. They, they've already they, they've won so far only nine out of a possible eighteen points so far this mm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, which, when you think about it, the way it's looking now, it could very well be a three or even four horse race for the title. You know, Arsenal is doing okay, Man City is doing good, uh, even potentially Spurs. They're they are still unbeaten. So, uh, for Liverpool to be dropping points like this, I, I think that's something they they can't afford to be doing. Um, and I also wonder how much their their you know injury crisis in midfield has been affecting them. You know, I think that that be playing a part uh, in their current slump as well. You know, they've brought in uh, that uh, what's the new player's name? Uh, Melo Atemelo. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I don't think he's exactly the solution to their problem. You know, merely a stopgap measure for the time being. Uh, but. Yeah, I think once they get their midfield sorted out, uh, we, we, we'll see Liverpool playing you know, closer to the form from like last season or two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah Nick, back to your point about um, Liverpool dropping points, right? Because Manchester City, the defending champions, are also dropping points. They've drawn, they've drew against Aston Villa, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And they they've drawn two, they've drew twice this season. So City is also dropping points. Arsenal are dropping points. So I think Liverpool. Although it's a like well, it's a six or eight point gap right now, I think it, they're still in contention for 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 the for the title. Given that once they get all their midfield back, they'll they'll put on a winning run. You mean once they actually have a midfield? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Liverpool are currently seventh in the standings. Uh, two wins, three draws and a loss. Everton are one of only two teams that are still winless. They're above the relegation zone on goal difference. Uh, M- Man City missed out on a chance to top the table. They drew 1-0 with Aston Villa. Also a third place, Tottenham beat Fulham 2-1. Brighton in fourth place after a 5-2 win over Leicester. That's the other team that's still winless and uh, Leicester's Brendan Rodgers is currently the next favourite to get the sack uh, despite him being a person of great character. (laughs) (laughs) Never gets old, Faisal. Never gets old. (laughs) Unlike me. Uh, Sixth place, Chelsea. 2-1 win over West Ham. Bournemouth still celebrating the sacking of Scott Parker. They beat Nottingham Forest 3-2. Brentford, Hammett leads 5-2. Wolves edged Southampton 1-0. And uh, Newcastle and Crystal Palace had a goalless draw. Uh, still in the Premier League, there's been a lot of debate about VAR and uh, its role in some, let's say, contentious goal decisions this weekend. Uh, there was Arsenal's disallowed goal against United. There were also controversial calls in matches involving both uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace. What do you think about its implementation so far? It's not the technology, it's the idiots running it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pre- precisely. I-, I-, I don't think there's anything wrong with the VAR technology itself but the human factor you know the way the refs and the VAR officials are interpreting the information that they're getting that has been the cause of, of you know you you mentioned disallowed goals and all that uh what about the incident where uh Mark uh Kukurea had his hair you know he was pulled down by his hair remember that one yeah yeah the whole, the whole world managed to catch it except the VAR official 
So there, there is definitely room for improvement. And, and like I said, it's not the technology to be blamed, um, but the, the technology itself has the potential to actually make better decisions, but there has to be more consistency in how the officials themselves are interpreting the footage that they're, they're seeing, you know? Yes, yes no, and TikTok and focus on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the inconsistencies are, are the main issues here because I thought VAR started off well when, remember when the when the issue was uh, offsides were decided by inches, right? So the, yeah. the, the, the tiptoe of the boot were, were, were offside and then the player was deemed offside. I think uh, the EPL, I think, is still adjusting all these uh, all these inches me- inches measurement I don't know what how, I don't know how to say but when when everything is said and done I I'm pretty sure that VR would be very very helpful to the game yeah there, there was actually I think some uh, some stats that said that uh, the percentage of correct decisions in matches has, has increased from 82% pre VAR to 94% now within the system so on paper at least it, it would appear that that the VAR system is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in short, VAR is good, but the officials are still far away from being perfect. Cursus, oh. lah, cursus. <laughs> <laughs> the officials need to go to some cursus or something. <laughs> Now, happening in midweek is the Champions League. Um, we have, among others, Chelsea versus Dinamo Zagreb. Liverpool take on Napoli. Sevilla travel to Man City. Tottenham are at home to Marseille. Catch all these matches and more live on Astros Sports Channels. Uh, next up, anyone for tennis? Uh, the US Open is underway, and among the uh, latest results, Rafa Nadal crashed out. Uh, the second seed lost to Francis TFO in the last 16. Earlier, uh, the defending champion, Daniil Medvedev, crashed out. This means the last men's player who successfully defended his US Open title was uh, Roger Federer back in 2008. Uh, that was when uh, he won the last of his five consecutive US Opens. Medvedev Medvedev's exit also means that he will lose his world number one. After the tournament, the next top-ranked men's player will either be Carlos Alcaraz or Casper uh, Ruud. Or Rudd. <laughs> or Rudd. <laughs> like, like you mentioned, you know, Nadal and Medvedev, the top two seeds are out. For me, that, that means that uh, Nick Kyrgios is the next favourite, you know, the next in line sort of to go on and win the tournament. Yeah, you mean uh, you mean half Malaysian Nick Kyrgios? Oh, yes, yes. The half Malaysian Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> He's only no, half Malaysian when he wins. When he <laughs> wins. He's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no offence to the others. You know, you've, you've got players like uh, Matteo Berrettini, Andre Rublev, Theofo uh, himself still left in the competition. Um, but for me, these are, are not exactly players with star attraction, you know. So, Kyrgios mm-hmm. is the obvious, you know, choice for, for neutrals to pay attention to. And the thing about him is that people watch Kyrgios play. It doesn't matter. People who watch are split down the middle. 50% are rooting for him, the other half wanting to lose. But either way, people watch. And, and, and he always makes for a great spectacle. And I'm personally rooting for him. I, I, I honestly don't care if he wins or loses, but I, I want him in the final because it just makes it more, a bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, you mentioned percentages just now, right? I think that 50% of his winnings will go towards paying fines for his uh, behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Kyrgios, uh, don't slam me on Twitter. <laughs> 
as if he listens to us. Finally, um, there's some disappointing news from our women's doubles badminton pair, Pearly Tan and M. Tina. Now, scans reveal that Pearly suffered a hamstring and a knee injury in the recent Japan Open. Uh, that means she'll be out for around four to six weeks. So get well soon. Yeah, and I... I to me it's actually good news because many of us feared that she would have suffered a more serious injuries like like an ACL or MCL but I'm not saying that this injury would not hurt her but but it's better than losing a crucial ligament right so mm-hmm. um it was it was sad to see that they have to forfeit the game uh, in the second round at the ja- at the Japan Open but with the talent that they had with the potential that they have I think uh, these four to six weeks rest, or maybe more, uh, would be good for them. Uh, would recharge them, I think, for Perditan and Amtina. And hopefully, once Perdi is back, they would be raring to go. And hopefully. Just, just claim a few titles on the way. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Podball Sportscast. But before we go, I just want to say that, you know, it's normal to feel discouraged when things don't go your way. Just remember that your happiness is not dependent on results. What matters is you tried your best. Trust me, as a Liverpool fan, I can't agree more. Um, I am Faisal American. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas Job. 